Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Grow Your uh, Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here, and we got a special guest on the line with us, Darius Edwards. And we're going to be doing a personal brand concert. So, uh, so uh, Darius, you're a photojournalist? That's correct. Uh, I would like to say I'm a well-versed photojournalist. Yes, sir. Cool. Can you kind of tell me, like, how exactly you ended up into this career? Like, it probably didn't just happen by chance, did it? No, definitely didn't. Um, in being completely transparent with you, um, while I was in I was in school, I actually went to North Carolina A&T State University, um, you know, for college. And during my undergrad tenure, I um, studied journalism and mass communication with a concentration in public relations. Um, you know, just after immersing myself in that environment, um, off top, uh, you know, initially I had no idea on what I wanted to do. I was actually a leasing consultant, uh, you know, for a good amount of my undergrad tenure, and. You know, I was just 100% sure, like, this is what I'll, you know, go into as far as a profession, um, you know, once I concluded uh, my college career. But I took one photojournalism class my senior year. Um, part of my curriculum, you know, required me to, to take this course. And in the midst of doing that, I just, you know, got exposed to uh, camera and, you know, different equipment and just the different dynamics that um, revolve around photography. And I was already... Um, a practicing journalist in a sense because of the nature of my involvement um, during my job. You know, I had to, I ran the social media page. So I was doing a lot of social media marketing, coming up with press releases and other things of that nature, um, you know, just to practice my skills. And in the midst of doing that, once I caught wind of the art of photojournalism and what it truly entailed, I decided to, you know, um, sharpen my skills and, you know, just develop a further understanding of what it all included. Um, you know, as time progressed, I eventually got exposed to freelance work as far as for contributing for different platforms. And a lot of what my experience comes from um, is typically associated with, you know, uh, music or uh, event photography and things of that nature. But I'm just so fond on it because I just feel like, you know, art is subjective and open to interpretation. And there's so many dynamics, so many stories. Um, experiences and so much energy you can convey in the midst of a, a captured moment. Um, you know, whether that's a digital format or on film, but uh, me personally, I prefer the digital content, uh, you know, because we live in a relatively interconnected age where, you know, everybody's accessible and so many social media platforms are interconnected with one another. But um, yeah, man, I, I could really talk about it all day, but that's just kind of like a brief uh, debriefing much rather on my backstory as to how I got immersed in that in that field of photojournalism. It's kind of crazy how one kind of event, one class could really just change the entire direction of your life, isn't it? Man, that is an understatement because you would not believe it if I told you initially I was going to school to study. I was a biology major because I wanted to be a doctor. And, oh, wow. Uh, I can't make this yeah, I can't make this up. My freshman year, uh, math has never really been my strong suit. I mean, granted, you know, I can multiply, add, subtract, divide, you know, the basic fundamentals. But once I found out I would have to take some pretty strenuous courses, like, you know, arithmetic and things of that nature, and I also had to be in school for a relatively extensive time, I'll never forget I was in the journalism department on campus. There's a building called Crosby, and I was taking an elective uh, for public relations because, my father, he always instilled in my mind that um, I don't care what you do when you go to school. There's two things I want you to do. I want you to take a speech class so you can better articulate yourself and, you know, project your voice. And then I want you to take a, a something that you, something either a business related or just something to give you a better understanding on how to deal with people. And, you know, I just kind of took, took a sheet of paper and I, I guess you could say threw a dart at the wall to see what would stick. And, you know, public relations is what piques my interest. And then in the midst of navigating that, um, you know, looking for the classroom, I bumped into a professor by the name of uh, Ricky Clemens, Professor Clemens. Uh, he's actually no longer there. He's now at uh, Howard University. 
But in the midst of trying to locate the classroom, I had a brief conversation with him. And the first thing he asked me was, did you do your research? And I'm just like, well, what do you mean? You know, this is my first year here. I don't have any idea on what's in this building. Can you just point me to the direction of the class? And then he said, well, did you do your research? And for some odd reason, that one question just really resonated with me and, and stuck with me just going forward. So then ever since then, it just clicked on me. Um, no matter what situation I approach, what venture I involve myself in, or what experience I'm fortunate enough to gravitate towards, I always approach it with the understanding of being a student and doing my research and due diligence to learn about it beforehand. And, you know, just putting me in that mindset, you know, it just made me want to pursue, um, you know, and develop a further understanding of the field of, you know, uh, public relations. And that was under the realm of mass communications and journalism. Nice. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You got the photojournalism skills, you got the regular journalism skills, you got the PR skills. So you kind of combined all those together to really go out there and do a lot of the work you've been doing. You kind of mentioned that you work with a lot, a lot of things in the music industry. What does that kind of look like for you? So um, it, it's an ever-changing field, an ever-changing industry, relatively fast-paced. I mean, I've been fortunate enough um, to do some work with some pretty notable influences um, that it still hasn't dawned on me as of yet because I'm so forward thinking that when I'm working in an environment, it doesn't. I don't really Im- immerse myself in the moment because I'm so busy on sticking and moving and, and taking a progressive stance on conveying the, uh, that moment through my art. And um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to do um, album transcriptions. Um, just just a range of, of different things, but ideally a day for me um, consists of, you know, just researching, navigating the web and, you know, just getting um, press releases sent to me, um, doing a lot of written work, a lot of journalistic work. And um, that it's, it's just like a, a plethora of things, honestly. Um, ideally, a lot of my work, it comes from attending festivals. You know, um, for example, most recently I went to Day in Vegas, which was a musical festival um, composed by Golden Voice. They're a pretty renowned agency. Um, they actually deal with Coachella, um, uh, another large country music festival. I forgot, is it, the name is escaping me at the moment, but this is their inaugural, inaugural year, excuse me. Excuse me? Stagecoach? Yes, Stagecoach. Stagecoach. And, um, yeah. and yeah, yes, sir. And this is their first year doing Day in Vegas. So, you know, just, just on, on a minuscule level, it was a three-day event. Um, it featured over 50 different performing artists, performing artists ranging from three different stages. So it was like I was literally running from one stage to another from as early as 12 in the afternoon all the way to uh, midnight and even later because, you know, some artists show up outside of their requested time slot. But, you know, it's a relatively hectic position to be in, but I'm truly thankful and appreciative of the opportunity because it's unlike no other. The interactions, the engagement, and I'm a, a music aficionado myself, or I, I just love music myself, you know, it's, it's just really, I'm an, an enthusiast for all different facets of, of just music in general, so, you know, just to immerse myself in the environment, see live performances, and just to see the reaction from the attendees and, you know, the fans and things like that is, it's really a humbling experience all on its own, but it can get a little bit chaotic, <laughs> to say the least, it's kind of like a like a, a blissful moment of, of chaos. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy that you're able to kind of do all these events, especially with big companies like Golden Voice and whatnot. So you're from North Carolina, right? Yes, sir, that, that is correct. Uh, when you started out, did you do like a lot of local events or did you end up just doing these events where you were traveling like right when you first started out or how did that kind of come about? So um, initially, I got my first gig, I guess you could say, as um, a shooting an event in Charlotte through uh, one of the most renowned companies, in my opinion, because anytime I look for an event, their name is plastered on it. Um, it's called Live Nation. And Live Nation is one of the most, you know, that they pretty much handle all the shows for a lot of major acts and concerts and festivals. Um, and they had a concert. Uh, for a rap caviar uh, Spotify curated event. And in a nutshell, their Spotify playlist, it featured an assortment of artists 
that were some pretty uh, significant influences in mainstream uh, media and hip hop. And I had got approached uh, with the opportunity to shoot that show on behalf of the platform that I contribute for, which is In Your Ear Hip Hop. And, you know, I was, I was kind of, I don't want to say apprehensive, but I was relatively nervous because I was like, all right, how is this going to go? You know, this is my first major show. Um, I'm just kind of getting thrown in that environment. And I actually didn't do any local events. Um, it's kind of like I just got thrown in the water and it was either sink or swim at that point. So this is my first time going to, um, and I'm pretty familiar with Charlotte, um, just to kind of debrief the audience on North Carolina. The capital is Raleigh. And then, you know, there, of course, there's always surrounding areas. And I guess you could say cities where a lot of more prominent things transpire. But Charlotte has a lot of notoriety for having most recently um, NBA All-Star Weekend was there. And, you know, just different things like CIAA and other events that are catered to, of course, the um, the citizens. And I would like to say the young adult cohort or any nightlife enthusiast, anybody that likes to, you know, enjoy an, um, a night on the town. But um, in essence... You know, this event had the Migos, uh, Little Yachty, another artist named Trippy Red, uh, the City Girls, and a couple other significant influences at that time. So I'm going into it thinking, hey, I'm about to, you know, take as many pictures as I want to. I'm going to be right near the artist, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, I really had no idea of a profound understanding at that time. But uh, unbeknownst to me, that's when I found out about the blanket policy. And the blanket policy is basically, you know, you get to shoot the first three songs and then that's it. After yeah. that, you know, it, it doesn't matter if the artist performs for 30 seconds each song or what have you, but after those three songs, you have to leave from out of the pit area, which is right in front of the stage, and then you can come back. And then it's, and it's at the artist's discretion on whether they want to allow photographers there at that point or not. You know, Ooh. thankfully, it was a pretty smooth run my first go around, but it was definitely a, a pretty teachable moment. And... Yeah, that, that was my, my first time getting immersed in that environment. That's pretty cool. So it's kind of awesome that you were able to get yourself immersed into the local community, have a big event by Live Nation, have that kick off where you could kind of work with like Golden Voice and all these other big places and kind of travel everywhere. Uh, where's some of the places that you've been able to travel to? Um, I've been to Atlanta, Georgia. I've been to Los Angeles, California. I've been to Las Vegas, Nevada, um, St. Paul, Minnesota. I've been to Austin, Texas, Washington, D.C. Um, in North Carolina, I've been to Greensboro, Charlotte, Raleigh, Durham. Uh, Durham. Um, trying to think where else. And the end is, oh, and Miami, Florida. That And that was Coincidentally enough, that was all this year, um, oh, wow. 2019. That's kind of awesome. So you, you've kind of been traveling everywhere, doing your thing, kind of immersing yourself, working with the big artists, and now you're thinking about going and growing your personal brand. What's the main motivations behind that? and What are you kind of looking to achieve? Ultimately, um, from a longevity you know, standpoint, I envision myself being, I don't want to, use the term media mogul because I, I feel like a lot of times titles carry a restrictive load. You know, they limit our innate capabilities just off the perceptive interpretation off of name reference, um, you know, because people perceive things differently just off the strength of titles and words. So from a longevity standpoint, I, I really just, I want to be that go-to photographer well, photojournalists much rather that is called upon, you know, to capture, um, you know, life-changing moments. Um, I mean, I see different, you know, references and different influences within media um, that, you know, some people take pictures and then some people are journalists, but I, I can't really think of one well-versed photojournalist that has, whose work has stand the test of time, um, you know, to this day that typifies distinction amongst their, you know, their like-minded people, you know, and it's just, that's what I want to be. That that's why I'm so adamant in pursuing, um, you know, this goal and taking the proper measures to ensure that I'm able to check things off one by one. Um, because I still feel like I'm a student of the game. In, in essence, I'm only 24 years old, you know, and I'm essentially two going on three years um, out of college. But it's like um, I immerse myself in an environment that you know is ever changing. 
Um, it's relatively fast-paced. I won't say that it's oversaturated because, um, you know, there's a lot of differenti- differentiation amongst um, people that do the same thing as me. However, I feel like it's getting to the point where it's more so about establishing your credibility, credibility, excuse me, as a journalist. Um, because, you know, I'm big on citing my sources and just making sure that I'm able to provide facts and, uh, and less uh, opinionated pieces in my writing. Um, mm-hmm. However, you know, I do a lot of descriptive work, you know, so I try to just be mindful on how that can be perceived as well. Cool. So it looks like what you're really looking to do is just expand and as time goes by, just become that person that everyone calls when they have a crazy event going on so you can document the uh, entire experience. Yes, sir. In a nutshell. Yes, that, uh, that's correct. Cool. Perfect. Well, we're about to hop off to a commercial break. Once we get back, we'll go over some things that you could do to really help uh, maximize your exposure so you can be seen as a go-to person. If people want to find you online, uh, Darius, where can they find you? Oh, definitely. Um, I would say Instagram will be ideal, but if you you go there, it'll be at rawcomnc, and that's R as in river, A as in apple, W as in win. C as in communications, O as in Oliver, M as in money, because we need that, and M as in money again, and that's N as in North, C as in Carolina. So that's Rawcom NC. Cool, and you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Tim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Darius Edwards, a photojournalist. And we've been talking about how uh, Darius really came up in his industry to 
to go and travel basically most of the entire United States in the last year and only being two years out of college and how he's already working with uh, large companies like Live Nation and Golden Voice and he's going out there and doing his photojournalist thing with a lot of the big artists out there. Now what Darius is looking to do is kind of move it to that next phase of his career where he can kind of move up and become that go-to person whenever a large event happens. Uh, Darius, when we think about your digital profile as you kind of mentioned right before the commercial break that you have an Instagram and we also communicate on Twitter are there any other platforms that you're using where you're creating content I think you mentioned one place that you were writing online as well yes that's correct um, so one of the direct um, references that I typically use as a, a means to showcase my work is typically through Instagram. And I know that may limit my capabilities, um, you know, just by way of algorithms and, you know, how that whole um, social media channels work. But I'm also on Facebook as well um, and LinkedIn, which I'm in the process of transitioning a lot of my work over to just because, um, you know, there are a lot of different accessibility um, personnel, you know, that, that are exposed on that channel. But, yeah, just pretty much through those those mentioned platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn as well. Cool. So these are the four platforms that you're primarily using, sharing your content around and really going out there and helping drive people to really get to know you and the work that you do. Yes, but as far as for uh, my journalistic content, I have work shared on um, In Your Ear Hip Hop, uh, The Source, uh, another platform called Dirty Glove Bastard, uh, The Rap Fest, um, Medium, and BuzzFeed as well. Cool. So you've been going out there and publishing to a lot of these larger media outlets like The Source, BuzzFeed, and things like that. That's, that's good. Not a lot of people are actually able to go and produce content onto those platforms or even get approved to even share content. So that's a really good thing that you're already publishing in these places. Um, have you considered uh, setting up your own website? I have, and the funny thing about that is I per one of the first things I did um, once I decided to take myself serious, I guess you could say, is I purchased the domain rights, um, you know, to my name as well as um, my moniker, you know, the Rawcom NC, and I've had that for about two years now. Oh, cool. So have you started working on it? Been, see, that's the thing about it. That's why I wanted to get on the line with you, you know, just to lay out the, the pieces before I put that play into motion, I guess you could say, you know, before I connect the dots, I wanted to touch base with you just to get a, you know, a better understanding on uh, the process, uh, you know, because I know there'll never be a perfect time per se, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, my when I was younger, my football coach, when I played correct ball, he would always tell me, you know, if you do it right, you do it like, you do it wrong, you do it long. And I'm definitely in it for the long run, but I just want to make my first impression the best one. So I haven't launched a, a website as of yet, but it definitely is in the workings. Well, the good thing is you probably have the two um, three skills that you need to go and really design a compelling website. You have the photography down and you have the writing side down. The only other side is the technical side, but you could probably get some someone to kind of help you out with like the layout and getting all that structured for the back end stuff. And that shouldn't really be mm -hmm. too hard for you to find. Uh, when we're thinking about your website though, like this is basically the only piece of real estate that you're ever going to own on the internet. Uh, we might we might feel like we own our Twitter pages. We might feel like we own our Facebook pages or LinkedIn pages or Instagram pages and things like that. And the thing is, we really don't because those things can be taken away from us at any time. Algorithms can change and they can mm -hmm. mess up our livelihood. Uh, people could have their accounts suspended because these things aren't really regulated by us. They're regulated by other parties. Uh, the only thing that we have full control over on the web is going to be our website. 
And when we think about designing out your website from scratch, uh, there's going to be a homepage. And on that homepage, it's going to be talking about mostly what you do and getting people to know a little bit about you and maybe featuring some of the work that you've had. Maybe have some testimonials of other people who are talking about how great your work has been and the different places that you've worked. And maybe you can put logos uh, or artists of some of the people that you've kind of worked with already. So it kind of builds that credibility for what you have. Next. um, The next page is going to be an about page. And that page is going to be about you, Darius. And kind of like at the beginning of this radio show, we talked a little bit about how you kind of moved into your career, how that one class really sparked your interest to move away from uh, your original plans of becoming a doctor and kind of moved you into the new direction of going and deciding to be a photojournalist, kind of capturing that moment and talking a little bit about how you were raised, what your family was like, and why you're so passionate about music and all of those likes. If we work on that page, uh, that page should be a very, very thorough explanation of who you are with a lot of pictures of your journey as time went by. Mm, okay, okay. So when you think about that about page, uh, if people are looking you up for work, if you're starting a communications with someone, if you're if someone just hears your name just off the top uh, from another conversation or something, chances are what they're going to do is they're probably going to Google you, and when they Google you, mm-hmm. uh, they're probably going to look at your social media profiles, but most importantly, they're going to look at your website. And when they're looking at your website, uh, they're going to mostly want to know, like, who, who is Darius, what's he about, what's he do, and things like that. So when they come across your bio, that's your opportunity where you can get someone to really just, like, fall in love with you. Um, you probably had a few relationships where someone was in love with you, right? Yeah, uh, here and there, here and there. (laughs) (laughs) And and when someone falls in love with you, there's almost next to nothing that you want to do for you, right? That's correct. You're right. (laughs) So when when you're thinking about your bio, that should be kind of drafted in a way where people really get to know the good, the bad, your version of the ugly, and kind of know this whole comprehensive, cohesive picture of who you are. So they have the opportunity to kind of fall in love with you. And when people are reading over your content, it could be artists, it could be fans, it could be people who are reading your content, it could be people who are booking you. But when all these people start to get to really know you and really understand what you're about, that's what in turn ends up becoming like social media followers, more paid gigs, more referrals, more people referring you to other things. And that's kind of what builds up your credibility as becoming an expert in your space. So even if you don't want to go and claim yourself to become like a media mogul, but because you don't want to be defined by the words and kind of limit exactly what it is that you do, when people are reading that content and learning more about you, they're kind of painting their own picture of exactly what they see you becoming, but they're also seeing the skills that you have. And when they're kind of looking through all of that, they're really getting to understand that it's going to be you that they kind of want to work with. So right now, uh, like when you go and get the opportunity to work with like Golden Voice, Live Nation, and these other places, how are you kind of landing those gigs? Are they referrals? Are they things you're seeking out? Are you getting told by friends? How does that kind of happen? So that's a great question. Um, it's kind of like a mixture of, of a lot of different things, um, primarily relationships, um, because I get a lot of press releases sent to me electronically via email and um, it's in regards to sometimes a lot of different artists or festivals or things of that nature that are coming up. And then the content of that uh, press release, there's typically an invite. Now, there's either an invite for me to come directly or there's an invite for me to apply, um, you know, to for uh, press credentials or, or to make a credential request. A lot of the times throughout the year, the artists that I'm either writing about or I'm working with indirectly they are showcased, a showcase talent or performing at much rather at the festival or the event that I'm attending. So sometimes I get invited off the strength of just the prior relationship um, indirectly. And then other times I have to submit a request um, to be approved to um, 
be a um, photojournalist or, or to be in the moment to take pictures at that specific event. So, it, you know, it's kind of like a mixture uh, of a lot of different elements, but primarily through relationships. Cool. So, so that's a good thing because you're uh, working with these publications already. Um, they're they're already going out there and starting to um, communicate with you so that you're coming out to these events and that kind of got to the ends in the door. Uh, with the uh, ability to have a website, though, it just gives you that more of a more of a powerful presence. Let's people get to know you more, builds a little bit more authority in your field. So people really get to recognize and see that you're kind of that go-to person. Um, so what I would do with your website is I would start it out on the about section as saying that Darius is a photojournalist and kind of talking about some of the places where your work's been featured and some of the artists that you've worked with, like Migos and whatnot. Then from there, I go into your story so you can get people to understand exactly who you are. Uh, another okay. part of your website, what you want to do is you want to feature your work, the things that you've already done. So <clears throat> on that page, what you could do is you could put up maybe photos that you took of celebrities, some things that you did in events. And <clears throat> you also want to go out there and share some of the articles and pieces that you've written as well. Now, on this page, what you want to do, which you kind of don't get the opportunity to do on like um, Instagram, is you could kind of rank your um, rank your stories and rank your photos based off your uh, like how good you feel they were or who they're of. And when you're on Instagram, it's more like time sensitive. Whatever one you post first, tenth, twentieth they kind of get buried down further and further into the uh, timeline. So some people can't even find it anymore. Mm -hmm. So let's say you did your best work like maybe six months ago. Like people aren't going to be able to see that front and center on your Instagram. But if it's on your website, then you can put that front and center on there so people could really get to see it. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely understand that. It's kind of like site retention. It just yeah. seems like what what you're saying is it's, it's ideal to tailor the layout to increase my site retention uh, for for the appropriate landing page. Cause, yeah. And it seems like I should be more personable in my approach as well um, because people want to identify who they're working with. Yeah. Like, if you think about a work section, like, think about, like, if you were to design a room and you were to take a focal point and get that point to stand out, what you're doing with your website is you're creating different focal points. Your focal point for your about page is going to be your personal story. Your focal point for your work is going to be the best stuff that you've done. And the the next section you're really going to need to build out is how people are going to be working with you. Like, what's the different things that they can hire you to do? And then there you can talk about your different services, whether it's um, photojournalism, coming out to events, and things like that. So people get a full idea of exactly what it is that they could, the different ways that they could work with you. So then... You could share different things, and you could even add a special projects area where if someone has a one-off different type of request, they can make that as well. Hmm, okay, so it is. I see what you're saying. It's kind of like a, it's an inclusive page, but just make it to the point to where it's, it's tailored to where everything flows cohesively, and then it just ends up. So my, my question is, off the structure that you're referencing, because I'm, I'm taking notes as you're saying these things, the, do you think the contact tab will be last? That should be like maybe one of the last pages to have after the service is offered? Or, or you know, what do you feel like would be most appropriate as far as, you know, for listing that? Well, not a lot of people actually use the contact tab, and most people just put a form up there where they could fill out, and then people don't actually really use it to fill it out. Uh, more people are actually probably going to go and use that work with you tab to really fill out and communicate with you. So on that work with work you with tab, you, 
uh, you're going to want to put your email addresses and ways for people to contact you in regards to how they could work with you on that page because uh, contact forms usually generic and most people who I've seen have one. It doesn't really bring out the results that they're looking for. I mean, it's okay to have on the website, but it's not something that you should be investing heavily into because a lot of people aren't using that particular tab over. Okay. Uh, that definitely makes sense. Especially coming from you. I mean, you know, you're the expert in this case, so I definitely value what you say. <laughs> Thank you. And the other thing is, um, when we're thinking about a lot of the content you're creating, you've been putting most of that onto like Instagram and other places. Uh, there should also be an area on your website where you're showcasing your own work, whether you call it a blog, a news section, or whatever it may be. But that's where you're creating your own pieces, not for other publications, but for your own self. So a lot of people are really able to see your expertise on your page where they could see how you write. They could see some of the things that you're creating. And maybe if you go to an event and maybe that wasn't, that was just photography that you did and you didn't write an article for an accompanying publication, maybe you could put your own take onto those so people could really get to see your expertise. Mm-hmm. Okay. I definitely understand that. Yeah, because that, that would, you know, provide some kind of added insight Um outside of a surface level understanding of, you know, because it's one thing to convey that, um, you know, for a separate publication, but that's kind of like just going into a greater in-depth understanding of the overall experience and it's more personalized. Yep. So when it comes to your website, those are kind of all the components that you need. Uh, Well, after our commercial break, I'll help you understand exactly how you could get more people to visit your website so they could see exactly what you're doing and everything you're about. And, uh, you said uh, people could find you on Instagram before. What was that domain again? It is at rawcomnc, and that's com as in communication abbreviated. So that is R-A-W-C-O-M-M-N-C. North Carolina. Cool. And you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. 
To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, Leonard Kim here, and we've been talking to Darius, uh, and we've been talking about lots of different things to really get Darius Edwards' website up and running once uh, he's able to go and put the resources behind that. And now what we're going to really do is discuss how to kind of generate that traffic so people can see the website. Because, uh, Darius, if you were to make a website and no one went to go see it, how frustrated would you be? Extremely. It kind of just, you know, I, I don't believe in wasting time for the lessons and everything, but that would be one of the most unwarranted teachable moments, to say the least. Yeah. And what I've been seeing with a lot of people who go out there and create content is it's extremely difficult for them to really go out there and figure out how to generate traffic for their website because, you know, it's just so hard for people to really get the understanding of exactly what it is that they need to do to make it happen. And uh, a lot of people, like even myself, when I made my first website back in like 2011, I think about three people came to see it and I'm like, okay, wow, three people in a month. This is freaking awesome. I'm going to quit. You struggle go with that one. Yeah, so I, I actually did quit for a while, and then it wasn't until like 2013 that I restarted one. And what I really figured was the way to really go and drive traffic to that website is if you're already currently contributing to places like the source and the other places that you're contributing to, one of the easiest things you could do is uh, on the page of, with your byline that talks about who you are, you could include your website and a description of who you are so people who are reading those posts could click back and see who's actually creating those pieces, which is going to be one of the mm-hmm. simplest ways to guide traffic back to your site. Another thing you could do is um, add that into your social media profiles. But those two things aren't really going to be moving the needle to really get people to see your content. Uh, What you're going to have to do is uh, get your content seen by other networks that you wouldn't normally have access to within your publications that you're already writing for, within your social media places and things like that. And in order to really do that, what you're going to have to do is kind of go and take your content and get it onto things called content syndication networks. Do you know what a syndication network is? I don't, but uh, enlighten me, please, by all means. Sure. So a syndication network, what that basically does is it takes your content and it pushes it out to their own distributed network of people who uh, use uh, that service. And also at times, if the content kind of hits a certain uh, barrier, they'll go and syndicate that content into places that you may have never seen your content before, like maybe Inc. Magazine, Forbes, Time, and all these other places like that. So two of the most important uh, content syndication networks out there, uh, they're called Quora and Medium. Mm, Okay. So, uh, you you said you're using Medium, right? Yes. uh, I actually actually do contribute there pretty frequently. So it's interesting that you said that. (laughs) Yeah. One of the... um, um, when you contribute to Medium, are you just posting directly or are you putting them into putting your content into places where it's getting syndicated onto a larger publication on uh, Medium? So I just post directly. So if you, if you Google like different things like top 10 publications on Medium or Medium publications that have to do with X topic. What you'll be able to do is you'll be able to see different publication networks where um, people actually have pages that are dedicated to certain things, like the missions for self-improvement. There's Be Yourself that kind of talks about how to go out there and be yourself. And then, like, um, there's a lot more out there. And I'm sure there there has to be some that have to do with music and stuff. And some of these uh, Mm -hmm. publications, they have... 
they have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who follow these. Uh, if you're able to go out there and search for these uh, uh, content syndication pl platforms within Medium itself, what you could do is you can message the person who's running that particular publication, uh, one of the editors, show them your piece, and uh, actually ask if you could contribute to be a writer to their publication. So now instead of your post just going out onto Medium to maybe your few hundred, few thousand followers, you now have access to that publications network where they help push that out to their uh, uh, built-in audiences that they spent a lot of time creating. Mm, so in essence, it's kind of like growing my, my following organically through people that have a mutual interest as, as me. You know, so it's it's just broadened the depth of reach through of something that's already in place on the platform that I'm contributing to. Yeah, exactly. And then another thing okay. that you could do is it's not just medium that you could do this on. On Quora, what people do is they follow specific topics. So if you're on Quora and you're, let's say, looking up... Uh, music and uh, you go to the topic of music there's 55.6 million people who follow the topic of music alone so uh, if you go and you look for questions that have to do with music that you can answer thoughtfully and add in some of your pictures and things like that then you can really go out there and uh, get things to really strike a chord with the people that are seeing it and then you could also get more viewership from there. And with a detailed out profile, people will be clicking back to your site to learn, to learn more about uh, who you are, what you're doing, and things like that. So like even like, uh, let's see, like rap music has about 300,000 people who follow it. Uh, let's see, hip-hop music has about 870,000 people who follow it. So then you can start to push your content out into these networks where people are already looking for uh, uh, content that you're creating. Mm. And then in essence, you know, it's... So because I'm actually going to, to look more in-depth about these mentioned, you know, platforms and, and, and the syndication networks that you're referencing, but it's really... Because I'm big on tangibles you know, putting putting the information out there. Um, so do you think the the profile is is like an ideal component as far as for to increase my site retention once I do get the website up to try to embed that whenever possible? Or or what do you feel like will be considered overbearing if, if applicable? Like, you know, because I, I don't want to, come across as, you know, anytime I get the chance and hey, check out my website, hey, check out my website, but is that the, the mindset that I need to have? Well, the thing is, if you put your website into your Quora profile, you don't have to have your website in your particular post. What people do is, um, what, uh, when you see a great piece of content, what do you normally do? Oh, I, I click the link. And then read uh, it, and then well, if I like it and it's something that piques my interest, I click one link and I end up researching that and then I see who who wrote it. I also try to check out more work that they may have written or or you know just just some more samples of their work just to gain insight from. So it's kind of like I end up digging into their portfolio in a sense. Cool. So in that situation, that person didn't say check out my website, but you still went and you'd look them up and try to grab more details from exactly who they were and looked up their whole portfolio. Correct. So that means as long as you're creating great content, then you don't have to worry about saying, hey, check out my website. Hey, check out my website because people are automatically going to go through it. Yeah, it's kind of like I answered my own question, huh? <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah, see now I see why you write books, man. Because you're, you're you're great at at formulating a question but providing the answer all in the same breath. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about like this personal brand console and getting the information here on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate it? Wait, can you repeat that for me? 
if you were to rate this personal brand consult, would you give it a one or a ten or somewhere in between it? Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a nine point nine for the <laughs> moment, but I'll give you that point one if you invite me back at a later date to see, you know, how much progress I made. Now let me stop playing with you, man. A ten, got to be a ten. Just, and that's just me being honest and transparent because um, I came into it with a series of questions, you know, like literally a game plan written out before me on how to structure um, the dialogue and, you know, have an easy flowing conversation. But I haven't even glanced at that page because I've been taking notes on what you're saying um, this entire time. That's why this for me is like a, a session, a class. And, you know, I approach every opportunity in my life as a student of the game and, and try to learn as much as possible um, because I'm a firm believer that you learn best by experience. Um, you know, because I can have an idea on how I'll react to something or how I can anticipate it, but you truly don't know what you'll do in a moment until you experience it. So this has just been beyond insightful, um, you know, just to get a better understanding on areas of improvement that I can work on, not just within my profession, but just holistically, um, you know, so it is definitely a 10 for me. I mean, cause cool. I'm going to go back and listen to this conversation for, I don't know how long. So <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Well, why don't we, why don't we do this? You know exactly what you need to do to go out there and build a website. Why don't, um, once you have everything in motion and you feel that it's ready for me to look at, why don't we hop on to another one of these consults? We'll go over it and uh, we'll see what we could do to say, okay, this is cool. Let's make it, let's get it to run. Or if there's any other improvements that could be made to make it shine even brighter. How's that sound? Man, that, that sounds like an early Christmas present for me. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Well, uh, I, I don't think it's only me who's looking forward to seeing what your site ends up looking like. I'm sure all the listeners here are really excited to see what this site ends up becoming and seeing your personal brand grow as well. I wanted to really take a moment to like thank you for being here so we could kind of talk about what you've gone through, how you kind of come, came up in your career and what you're doing now to kind of reach that next level. And I wanted to see if we could support you in any way possible and i'm glad that you had this opportunity to come on uh, people wanted to find you so they could follow your journey where could they find you again uh, the, and uh, all social media platforms well you have two options you can either type in at raw com n c that's r as in river a as in apple w as in win c as in communication o as in oliver M as in money, because we need that, and M as in money. N as in North, C as in Carolina, or you can just type my name, Darius, that is D-E-R-R-I-U-S, and then the letter E, and that's for Twitter specifically, but Rawcom NC, anywhere, you know, any, any social media handle or any challenge, you can type that up. Cool. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. You can check out Ditch the Act, reveal the surprising power of the Braille youth for greater success at bookstores all across America and even at Amazon. Uh, and uh, once again, we want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.